Hello, friends. It's Ariel Hawani of The Ringer MMA Show. I'm Chuck Mindenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll. And together, we are Three Pack. Follow and listen to The Ringer MMA feed exclusively on Spotify for all the latest the world of mixed martial arts and join us live on spotify green room after every big event see you then love yous Mwah. this episode is brought to you by ebay motors with over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond ebay motors levels your baby up to its peak performance and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Dave, what's up? Who is the most influential person in professional wrestling? Man, that, that's not a McMahon. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, our guest today, uh, man, I know as the sensei, uh, Paul Heyman, I would say. Paul Heyman is joining us. It was a trick show. question. You had to say Heyman, but it's actually kind of true. Let's just start the show. Let's do it. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to... Listening to and you are listening to... You're listening, 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 listening to... You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm excited about what's for what's about to happen. A couple of notes up top. The Royal Rumble is, of course, Saturday. We're going to have our picks, uh, which you may have already seen on social media. We're going to be discussing them at the end of the show. Um, we're recording this, sadly, on Wednesday afternoon, so we haven't seen Dynamite this week. and don't really uh, have any AEW to talk about, but uh, what we do have... We have a spring. We have a sprinkle of AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we actually, yeah. yeah. Take that. I think we're going to get in some <laughs> AEW discussion in what's about to happen. We have Paul Heyman on the show. Um, he's about to join us, and uh, we'll talk some AEW, but we'll talk some other stuff too. We'll get deep into the life and legacy of Paul Heyman, one of the most influential creative minds ever. Not just sports entertainment, not just pro wrestling. Just when it comes to creativity and the way. People think of entertainment. I mean, this guy is on a very short list of incredible minds. So perk your ears up and, and catch some gems. This is, this is going to be a good one. Let's bring him in right now. And we are joined here 
it is our great honor and our great privilege. Sorry, Kaz, I'm speaking for you. We're joined on the Masked Man Show with Kaz uh, right now by the one and only, the um, the the sensei, the icon, the sensei, the sensei, man, Paul is... Heyman. Welcome to the show. What do you mean you're not speaking for Kaz? <laughs> no, I am speaking for Kaz. I said, I apologies. I'm just going to speak for you. <laughs> yeah, but you apologize for it. Like, oh, I, I don't know, really know if I can say this for Kaz. I, yeah, I was I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was like, no, That's it. I got I nothing like, bad to good. say about Paul. Golly. <laughs> the assumptions here. Yeah. Well, the people who are just listening to this in audio don't know Paul's, Paul's audio only right now. Um, mm. And I'm frankly shocked to find out that Paul Heyman does not sleep in a suit and wake up in a suit. And, he's, wearing, uh, he's wearing a very sexy Nike tech fleece, I can imagine right now. <laughs> a very nice. sexy sweatsuit, and he doesn't want to see when his casual Thursday or Wednesday best. So we are, we're, But we're here. We're live, man. Let's go. I'm getting critiqued by a no. show called Kaz and the Masked Man, <laughs> where the Masked Man doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> Explain this to me. How is this even remotely possible? Man's got a point. I would defend it, but I'm not. I mean, if Paul Heyman gives you, you know, notes on your gimmick, I think you got to take them. So I guess next week, guys, look forward to me wearing a mask on all of our Twitter videos. Yeah, um, a solid track record he has with the gimmick. So you need yeah. a mask next week. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I, I got to, Paul, I got to ask you, uh, just start off by asking you something that maybe you're getting this a lot now, but I was just, you know, watching Raw on Monday and the, the only thing I could think was to ask you, how does it feel to have arenas of people chanting along with your introduction of Brock Lesnar like you are the biggest baby face in like 80s Memphis? It's like the craziest. I mean, it must be a totally different feeling for you. Well, you, ever since we've been doing the reigning defending shtick, they, they, they go along with us no matter what position we are in. It's, and, and, and the one that really got me was when we went for the first time to Saudi Arabia. Because, first of all, we had no idea what our distribution was in Saudi Arabia, and apparently it's very strong. Um, and 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 as as a side note, that's something about WWE that is underreported and underappreciated is the strength of the global distribution of this brand is mind-boggling. If if LeBron James walked down the street in Paris or Rome, he could pretty much do it and not get by. It wouldn't be like Justin Bieber walking down the street, you know. Uh, there wouldn't be horror, you know. Oh my God, it's LeBron James, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> There'd be some or, people that would notice, but <laughs> you know, uh, you, you know, like the the biggest the biggest sports stars in America could go elsewhere and and not really get that much bothered. Um, UFC has great distribution, but even UFC, you know, I mean, even there are places in this world where a UFC top star can go and not get bothered that doesn't exist for wwe superstars we're everywhere we're everywhere i mean it, you know the, the the big joke that that I, I i i've been telling people is when elon musk colonizes mars the first entertainment <laughs> offering on mars is going to be wwe 
<laughs> so are, are are you is this the breaking news we're having a wrestlemania on mars in, in 2030 or something like that is that what's how it's going down i've always said that my my three goals left in terms of where i want to appear in a main event of wrestlemania are yankee stadium the moon and mars and and, and, I, and i'm sure we're gonna play all three of them at some point um but anyway uh, so we were going to we we're going to Jeddah for the first show uh, that that we had in Saudi Arabia, and I turned to Brock and I said, "Do I do the introduction here? Because it doesn't work if they don't do it with me." And 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 and, and Brock says, "Yeah, yeah, we do it." I said, yeah, but "What if they don't give me any feedback on it?" He says, "Then we don't do it a second time." <laughs> um, so I, I was, you know, I'm I'm just I'm spending the whole show wondering. Oh my God, you know, I mean, I, I, well, what's it going to be like? And we, we go out there and there was, I don't know, 60, 75,000 people in that first show. You know, ladies and gentlemen, my name, and, and they're all doing it. And I'm saying, oh my God, they're doing it with me. And I go, is Paul Heyman. And there's 60 to 75,000 people in Saudi Arabia saying that their name is the name of a Jew boy from the Bronx. And all I could think of is, man, if my father could see this, he would be laughing his ass off because it's not just the fact of 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 the of the acknowledgement of of understanding what we're doing and knowing the shtick, but for that many people in Saudi Arabia to say that their name is Paul Heyman, that was a that was a sincere career and life highlight. So, you know, and, and now it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know, because we're in a weird position with the whole Brock, Heyman, Roman triangle. And for them to be so into doing it, no, no matter where I am in terms of the, of the pendulum on, on, on this story, is, uh, it's, 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 it's a pretty great kick. I got to tell you that. Paul, I've uh, I've called you the sensei for as long as I've known you because it seems like everyone who comes under your learning tree, like, is better for it. Whether it's for a long time, short time, doesn't matter. And speaking of the Roman Brock Paul triangle, you guys, you know, it's going on a, a little bit over a year now that you've been telling the story, and folks that love your work and love what you've done is, you know, a big part of that obviously is behind the scenes, everything you've done with ECW, all that stuff. But a big part of it is your ability to, to talk for people and, and being able to get certain folks over. But the last year and change, you really haven't done that. Like you've kind of like done the shtick, but you know, we've seen Roman grow as a performer on the mic. And even now we're seeing Brock being more animated than ever and more engaging than ever as a character. And you just kind of sit back and just, kind of watch watch your watch your guys do their thing now how does it kind of feel to see you know two guys that a lot of people i would say maybe years ago when you first started working with them wasn't really known for their mic work and now they can just they are just they're you know they're carrying the shows on mondays and fridays uh with you in the background i'm indescribably proud of both of them it's uh you know roman reigns is 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 a very strategic performer and the tribal chief has lived inside of roman reigns for a long time but it wasn't it wasn't the right time to present this persona because he had to go through all the trials and tribulations in front of the public first he needed 
He needed his face roughed up a little more. He needed to show a little bit of age. Um, the, the tribal chief couldn't be just the best looking man in the industry in, in his late twenties. He, he had to be more seasoned. He had to be a little more grizzled. Um, but, and, and, and to speak as the tribal chief before he's the tribal chief would not have made sense, but he's very comfortable in this presentation. This, this is authentically who he is. This is how he sees himself. Um, I like to say that SmackDown is the best reality show on television because you're getting to see the real Roman Reigns for the first time. Um, he's not being forced to go out there and smile and tell you how much he just loves to go and, and sign autographs at four in the afternoon for all the little kids that are coming to the show. Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't, doesn't want to have to do media appearances that he doesn't want to have to do. He he. He, he does the ones that he chooses to do because they're the right ones to host the tribal chief. Um, in terms of Brock, Brock just never felt like talking. And, <laughs> and Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. And Brock Lesnar doesn't do what Brock Lesnar doesn't want to do. And when Brock came back, uh, he had been gone long enough and looks different enough and is is really comfortable enough with himself now that he just says, screw it. This is who I am, and they'll like me for who I am, or, or they won't. And, uh, and I'm just going to give them the real Brock Lesnar, which is a far more smart-ass Brock Lesnar than most people were even prepared to see. <laughs> um, yes. But if you watched him in the, in the UFC press conferences, this is Brock Lesnar. This is who he is. So it's just, again, in, in an age where authenticity is, is a very big selling point with the audience, it's just getting both of them to be authentic. See, talking about the reality show aspect of it, you know, one of the things that makes your work, your on-screen work with Roman and Brock and numerous others before them so compelling is that there's this sort of belief that you actually have a similar off-screen relationship with the people that you're with. At a, at a minimum, someone kind of has to be a quote-unquote Paul Heyman guy to, you know, be managed by Paul Heyman on screen. And I, I know that people have asked you in a million interviews, like, are there other wrestlers you have eyes on or whatever else? But the lineage of Paul Heyman guys goes back so far. And, I mean, I don't know if Eddie Gilbert counts as a Paul Heyman guy, but, like, you know... Stone Cold, The Undertaker. I mean, there's so many people that you just sort of identified early on without naming any names necessarily. Like, what does it take? Are, are there certain ingredients? Are there certain things that you see in someone when you identify them as a, as a Paul Heyman guy? Yes. And, and it goes both ways because it's an acceptance on both of our parts. I'm both blessed and cursed with uh, being wired differently than most people and i am um ob obsessively ambitious and anyone who's obsessively ambitious like i am wants to be the the best the best at what you're doing now the best that's ever done it the greatest of all time and wants to set a level 
of performance that no one in the future will ever be able to touch. Um, you know, I, I saw an interview once um, with Steve Jobs and, and, and it was fascinating because I think it was the most open I've ever seen him. And, and, and he said, you know, every time I hear that Zuckerberg has a dollar more than I do, I hate his guts. It makes me jealous and envious and, and it enrages me. And, I, and it makes me work harder for that dollar. Every time I hear that Bill Gates has a dollar more than I do, it sends me into a tizzy. Um, so, and then I'll bet you that Bill Gates felt the same way about Zuckerberg or, or Jobs or about Elon Musk or, 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 or Warren Buffett or, or whomever. The, the hyper-competitiveness that lives inside of these people. I, I want anything that I do in this business to be something that I can be infinitely proud of. So if I work with someone that's coming there and says, an A performance is good enough for me, um, we're not achieving the level that drives me. So I don't know how to explain to that person, yeah, but you're capable of an A++++. If you do your homework or you do your, you do your term paper, or you do your assignment and you get 100 and you walk away, but hey, there's, you can get extra credit. You can get 110 on your paper and you don't go for that extra 10 even though you know you're locked in the 100. You're not for me. I can't help you. What I want is someone that sits there and says, you mean I can do, I can do 110? Yes. And I already have 100? Yes. And if that person doesn't look at those 10 points as the holy grail, then they don't look at it. Performance as something that challenges them to be better than themselves, that, that, an a, that, 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 a, that a B-plus performer could do an A-plus, plus, plus, or an A-plus performer wanting to do an A plus, plus, plus. It's, it's just that mindset of wanting more out of yourself than your limitations will allow and conquering your own limitations and, 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 and making your limitations your own bitch so that you can, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm more than I'm meant to be. I'm, I'm more than my environment would allow. I'm more than my upbringing would bring me to. Um, and, and the people that I've clicked with the best will bring to our behind-the-scenes conversations an openness and an honesty and a vulnerability that allows our professional relationship to be even more intimate than any personal relationship that they will have in their lives. The, 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 the analogy that I give and usually taken the wrong way by a lot of people is we're going to be more intimate than you are with your own spouse. It's, it's just, we're going to sit there and say, Hey, I'm afraid of the audience not being with me. I'm afraid to try this promo because I don't know how well I can take my persona 
down this path. And it's exploring what inhibits you to get that performance out of you and then conquering all of your inhibitions so that you become 100% uninhibited in your approach and that you use any fear or concern that you have for this performance to your advantage and within the performance to bring out something inside of you that you could not have achieved on your own and that I couldn't achieve with anybody else. My chemistry with Brock Lesnar will always be completely different than my chemistry with Roman Reigns. My performance with Brock Lesnar will always be different than my performance with Roman Reigns. My character, my persona with Brock Lesnar is an advocate. I've never looked at myself as Roman Reigns' advocate. I'm his special counsel. And I cannot be the special counsel to Brock Lesnar. Those two don't fit. The mindset of the special counsel would never work with Brock Lesnar. And the mindset of the advocate would never work with Roman Reigns. You have to you have to be willing to completely craft your narrative, your performance, and your mindset. And that includes the mindset behind the scenes uh, with, with the star so that you enhance them, you upgrade them. They wouldn't be so complete without you. And that, and that requires me to be a chameleon of sorts and, and sacrifice um, things that I may be able to do so that I can enhance and complete the picture of, by way of example, the beast Brock Lesnar or the tribal chief Roman Reigns. And back in the day, whether it was um, Mean Mark, who became The Undertaker, or Steve Austin, um, or, or, or just behind the scenes, I, I will produce Ronda Rousey differently than I produce Brock Lesnar. And you'd say, well, the uh, they're both UFC champions and they're both amateur and they're both this, but they're completely different human beings and they respond to motivation and inspiration and aspiration and honesty and vulnerability in a different way. It's, 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 I'm going to do whatever it takes to take Roman Reigns from the big dog to the tribal chief, to take 2002 Brock Lesnar, who wouldn't dare say a word, to 2022 Brock Lesnar, who you simply can't shut up. Paul, one of my favorite WWE productions was, you know, the docuseries they did on you. My name is Paul Heyman. And, um, you know, it, and this question is just more about you. We know everything that you've done for other performers and other people behind the scenes. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in my short time there, I feel like I learned more with you than I've learned with anybody else. But what was, I mean, there was a time that you felt like, You've given all you can give and you stepped away from WWE, whether, you know, you were head writer on SmackDown and kind of stepped away and, you know, figured like, you know, it was time for you to do some other things. What's the end game for you? I mean, like as far as, you know, a, a performer and, you know, being able to create, you know, new stars and getting more out of other stars. But personally for you, what's the what's the end game? Like, are you... Do you consider yourself a lifer or are you still 
on the road of, you know, I'm going to keep doing this until, you know, one day I just feel like going home and just like chilling with my kids. What's, what's, what's it like for you? I, I would suggest I'm still figuring this all out. Um, I, I, I see things today from a different perspective than I even did three months ago. And I, and I look back at how I thought three months ago and I'm like, man, what a dumbass I was. I, really? That's how I was thinking? And they let me get away with that? Wow, what a, what a moron. What a schmuck. Um, you know, my, my father used to say the goal is always to be smarter tomorrow than you are today and smarter two days from now than you are tomorrow. Um, I'm still learning. I'm still having fun learning. I'm still very passionate about what I do. I still really enjoy what I do. Um, if, if you were to ask me, what is the greatest moment of my career? My honest answer would be, I haven't had it yet. If I feel that I've peaked, if I feel that anything that I do is living off my laurels, if I feel that it just simply cannot get any better than this moment, I'm getting out. Because there's nothing left for me to chase. I have been fortunate and blessed enough to be accepted by the audience in a completely different perspective and role than I started at 35 years ago, where I was the psycho yuppie. I can't play the psycho yuppie at 56 years old. I can't. I don't look like one. I don't act like one. I, I don't have that inside me anymore. There, there, there's too much history to go on than to be that character. And that character wouldn't play well today. It was a persona of its time. But now I, I can be the OG. I can be the wise man. I can be, without being uh, Freddie Blassie as, you know, the cantankerous old man, but I'm an older man now, you know? And, and I'm a guy with, with all this history behind me. And I play that history into what we do on television and people go, oh man, this is a dude that has been through a lot of wars. He's been, he's been associated with the championship since 2002. And even before then he was dominating everything that he was doing, had his own promote. This guy has seen it all and done it all. And now he's striving for something bigger and better. I mean, when, 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 when as soon as Brock Lesnar won the WWE championship, the first thing that he did is he gets in Roman Reigns' face and he says, let's do something that's not been done before. Let's do something that no one's expecting. Let's do something that's so big, it's almost too big, and it's too big for even people to contemplate because it's, it's almost unfathomable. Let's do title versus title champion versus champion. Wow, that's never been done before here. Wow, that, that's an impossibility here. Holy smokes. Let's go for that. Um, and, and, and that works with the dynamic of someone who has seen it all, done it all. Well, here's something that hasn't been done before. Um, so I'm still inspired. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still motivated. There's, there's a level of performance that I still aspire to achieve that I still need more learning and understanding and, and experience to get there. At the same time, there are other things I do want to do. And whether that means taking time off with at this moment, I have no desire to do. Um, or, or doing it 
uh, in conjunction with what I'm doing, um, I love directing. I love to direct other projects. I love producing. I love to produce other projects. Um, and WWE is expanding into non-world wrestling entertainment and more into entertainment projects that are not just confined to the things that happen within um, you know, the squared circle, so to speak. So there are opportunities to pursue in that. It's, if, 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 if you look at the things that I've done through, through my advertising, marketing, branding from the Looking for Larry agency, um, you know, some of them have been WWE video games and UFC video games and, 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 and non-UFC video games. But a lot of other things that we did uh, were completely outside the spectrum of, of, of sports entertainment. Um, and, and I was interested in doing that because I had not done it before. You know, we completely disrupted the modeling world, which is the last thing you'd expect me to be involved in. But we did, especially with the exclusive shoots that we were doing uh, a couple of years ago at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Las Vegas. Um, and we completely disrupt, disrupted the, the whole supermodel business. So it, it's just, um, I just want to do things that are challenging and that, make me acknowledge to myself that I am going to spend my life figuring out a way never to having to work a real job in my life. And I, and I, and I, and I know you're laughing about that, but that's legitimately what I tell my children. You know, I, I tell them that all the time. Like they say, you know what? You know, you, you have such happiness. You have such peace of mind. And I say, yeah, because I actually have gotten to 56 and I've never worked a real job in my life. And that was always my goal as a kid. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What do you miss the most about being 
completely in charge like you were in ECW? You know, autonomy is really easy. You make a decision and everyone else has to live with it. Tough shit if they don't. There's no one you have to justify it to unless you, unless you decide that you want to. Hey, Mr. President, we should invade Canada. Why? Uh, who, who wants to invade Canada? You know, besides the oil, which we have in Alaska, what, what really do I need from Canada? No, we, we need to invade Canada. They, they, they have Canadians. We need more Canadians in the United States. We do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need more Canadians. <laughs> and then, you know, the Secretary of Defense says, don't invade Canada. What the hell's wrong with you? You don't want to invade Canada. And then, then, and then the, the Secretary of Transportation says, oh, we're going we're gonna to have to do all this infrastructure here. And then well, you, you have your whole cabinet sit there and advise you. And ultimately, at the end, you have to make the decision. Well, do we invade Canada or, or do we not invade Canada? You know, do, 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 you know and, and, and the decision is yours. And, and that autonomy comes with a, a great deal of not only responsibility, but, but accountability. And um, there is a comfort to that, that your own rise and your own downfall are in your own hands. Do I miss it? Not really. Um, I, I'm, I'm accepting of my circumstances, no matter what my circumstances are, or I wouldn't be in the circumstances that I'm in. So I don't have autonomy in WWE. I, I didn't, I, I had, the closest I came was, was in, the, in, in the fabled SmackDown 6 era of SmackDown where so much of everybody's attention behind the scenes was on Raw, I pretty much got left to my own devices, good or bad, uh, in, in, in writing SmackDown. It just became a weekly thing of, you got this? Yes, I got this. I run with it. Don't screw it up. Okay, I'm not going to screw it up, okay? If you do, I'm stepping in. Okay, you won't have a reason to step in. Um. And, 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 and then as we were getting closer to WrestleMania and, and then more things, oh, we're going to put this on your show. Wait a minute. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Why are you going to put that on my show? We're doing well without it. Oh, we're going to put this on. Oh, damn it. You're screwing up the formula. And, and then the clashes started and I was used to autonomy. And then when I didn't have the autonomy, it, 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 it started to become a headbutting session, which I lost. Um, and, and rightfully so, because if one person had to leave at the time, it was not going to be Vince <laughs> McMahon. It was going to be Paul Heyman. <laughs> so, um, I, but I can't really tell you I miss it. I, because I, 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 I'm terrible with reminiscing. I'm terrible with living in the past. Um, you know, and, 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 and I, I'm always accepting of the circumstances that I'm in. Because... The autonomy that I have is over myself. And if I, do, if I don't like the circumstances that I'm in, I'll either change those circumstances to the best of my ability to make it livable for me and inspiring and motivating for me, or I'll go and do something else, which is what happened in 2006, which Kaz has done many times in his life. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I say that sincerely. I, 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 I remember there was a time that Kaz and I sat down by the foot of Gorilla. I'd always see, Kaz and I always ended up having these, 
these these either powwows, these rah-rah speeches, or these or or or, or these conspiracy sessions, um, <laughs> where we conspire against everybody um, at the foot of Gorilla by what I used to call the Cena monitor, which yes. is where John Cena would sit down when the crowd was coming in, so he'd see who are the most enthused members of the audience who who would race to their seats to get there first despite the show the, the show despite the fact the show was still an hour and a half to two hours away and whose shirt are they wearing and what chance are they trying to start even though there's only 12 people in the arena because the, the rest are still either in 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 the bathroom or or buying merchandise um and i would always see kaz there and i remember there was one time you know i kaz just said he said Man, I, I I can't get through what I want to get through here. No one's understanding my perspective. They're 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 not exploiting me for my talents. I'm I'm being wasted here, <laughs> and uh, and I'm just not getting the chance to have a voice. And I looked at him and I said, "You understand? I respect you because I did. I respected Kaz's work. I was a huge advocate, no pun intended, for Kaz behind the scenes. I I, I would go to people like." like Vince or to Dave Kapoor or, or to Ed Kosky and say, this guy is going to look at things differently than we do. Why aren't we tapping into that? And I just said to him, I said, do you understand? I respect you, right? Right. You understand? I admire your perspective, right? Oh, and Kaz being very humble. Oh, thank you very much. And I said to him, I said, Kaz, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I remember because, this conversation very vividly. You know, and I said to him, I said, if you're not happy, there's no price on your happiness. And if you think you can navigate a trajectory to where you will get them to see you, if you think you're just paying dues, pay your dues. Then whether it takes six months, one year, two years, it's worth it if you can finally get a, a foothold to where your perspective is respected here. But if you're not going to get that and that's how you feel, if that sort of Damocles is dangling over your head every time, if you walk into an arena going, oh, God, I can't wait till the show is over. Get out of here and go do your thing elsewhere so that when you come back, it's on your own terms and they're saying, oh, we're bringing in Kaz and look what he brings to the table today. And sometimes you have to get out of here to have them respect your opinion instead of let's give this kid a chance that they're bringing in an asset instead of someone that they're trying to mold into their own line of thinking. That's just about controlling your own circumstances or being in a, again, the autonomy that I have is over myself. So either I'm in a situation in a circumstance that I can enjoy it or I take the autonomy over Paul Heyman and I take it elsewhere. Well, obviously you're full of good advice and wisdom. Yes. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone in WWE has ever said about me, by the way. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I want to thank you for that, Paul. I'm trying to think of like good, uh, like advice you could give everybody listening to this. I guess this won't apply to everybody, but if someone came to you and said, I want to be, I want to do what you're doing. I want to be this generation's Paul Heyman. Now, I don't think showing up at the arena with a camera is really a viable way to start the path in 2022. Maybe I'm wrong, but what, what advice would you give somebody who wanted to, 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 to start down that road? Embrace the failures. D don't worry about how I got in. I got in because I saw a way in. Uh, I, I saw a path that I could take 
in, in, in which I could do something that I, I was good at photography. So I, I saw photography as, um, as the means to the end to get me inside. And then my willingness to then say, Hey, take these pictures, do it, do, do with them what you want to ingratiate myself to people that I can start talking to them about other things besides just photography. That I could learn the industry from people whose vision for it was something I wanted to be exposed to. And my entree to that um, selective environment was through photography. Uh, but that was my path. And, and, and if that didn't work, I would have figured something else out. I, I, I would have found my way in. And one way or if I, if, if, if I had to dig a tunnel and come up through the bottom, through, through Penn Station to get, to, you know, to, 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 to then sneak up a, uh, um, uh, a dumbwaiter or, 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 or a service elevator to get to, to, to whatever floor the arena is on, that's what I would have done. If I have to parachute down into it, that's what I would have done. I, I, I would have climbed down the chimney if I had to and fought Santa Claus on the way down. You know, it's, 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 it's you do whatever you have to do to say, I have something to offer and, 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 and I'm willing to lose it all to take my chance on myself. And, be prepared to fail multiple times at that. And, and even when you're in, be prepared to fail and, or, or to be sent home. Um, th there's an old expression that a no is just a yes that's yet to happen. And, um, and, 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 and my son, um, who is, is, is his own man, he's 17, and he's absolutely his own man, um, I never taught him to think like me. I, I tried to raise my son to understand the things that I see and the way that I see them. But I wanted his own take on him. My, my father didn't raise me to be, to be the second coming of my father. My father raised me to be me and benefit from his wisdom and his experiences, but to have my own perspective. And, and I, I try to do that with my children. Um, but my son says to me one day, I don't know if I want to live uh, just a normal nine to five life, which is a conversation I had with my father many times. And, and my son said, what's the secret to it? And I said, embrace the failures and, 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 and never be spooked by them and never be depressed by them. I was never depressed by any of my failures. I never was. Uh, on the, at the worst moment of the collapse of ECW. If ECW was still alive, I, I was still enjoying being at the helm of the company. And, and once the company was no longer viable, I was accepting of its death. The same way with the SmackDown 6 uh, in, in that era. Lead writer of SmackDown enjoyed every moment of it. The moment it was over, I was thinking, okay, here's a down period. What comes next? And, 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 and I'm already starting to strategize how to get to the next position. The David Vince McMahon 
removed me as executive director of Raw. I never questioned it. I was very accepting of it. And, and as I said publicly before, that was probably my favorite moment of, of being executive director of Raw because we've had our blowouts before. We've had our, our bad times before. We've had our bad falling outs before. And this one ended with a handshake, a smile, and a hug. And when I, when I drove home that night and I pulled into the driveway and news had already broken and, and my kids were off doing their own thing and then they, 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 they raced home because they didn't know what was going on. I didn't call my kids going, oh, I just got removed. I, 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 was crank, I was cranking music with the windows open the whole ride home. And when I came home and I, I pulled into the driveway, I was laughing because there were so many things that, I wanted to start doing the next morning. There were projects I wanted to start working on the next morning. And there were things that if I were to be invited back into a scenario on WWE television, what would that scenario be? And I started to already envision where I could take this character that I had not taken it in the 35 years that I've already been featured on television. So um, the moment I caught the bullet, I was, I was already planning the resurrection. Um, all good things come to an end. So if you can accept that, if you can accept that to, to live life the way I have, which is to pursue your dreams to the fullest, that you're going to fall short, you're going to fail, other people are going to fail you. You're going to get fired. You're going to end up having to quit multiple times. Again, I, 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 I would suggest that if you ask Kaz his happiest day in WWE, I would suggest to you that in, in hindsight... It was definitely the day I got fired. I'm not going to lie. The day, the day you got fired. <laughs> yeah. I, I, shook, I shook Dave Kapoor's hand, hugged him, thanked him for the opportunity, told him I had a blast. And I was just like, it was weird. Like, it's weird that you're saying this because this is exactly how I felt when I walked out of Stanford that day. I was like, oh man, what a ride. This is great. Now I can like really start working on these other things that I think I'm well more equipped to do now having spent this time with WWE. So it's so funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, and I guarantee you that that Kaz woke up the next morning finding a yellow notepad that, that, he, that, that, that he took from WWE and didn't return and started writing down, All right, I'm going to do a podcast with the masked man who doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the best interviewer that that ever confronted James Harden. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do a show with my friend, and I'm gonna steal the show every time, despite how funny my my friend is. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do all these, all these projects, and here's where I start. And and it, I bet you, is one of the most inspiring, motivating, exhilarating mornings of his life. Um, and, 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 and if anything else, while he's doing these projects now, I'll bet you Cass sits there and goes, man, I didn't even need coffee that morning. <laughs> I was just so wired because I had all these ideas in my head. Um, you embrace the failures, you know, it's, um, and, and you use the, you know, it's the old thing of, oh, you know, you, you, you've never lost, you, you, you've never failed. You, these are just life lessons, but they are, you know? Um, they are, and 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 if and if you don't fail, and if, and if you don't lose, you're bound to. 
So when you do, you take them and you go, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I use it to my advantage? Again, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns had to have more scars on his face. He had to have more, more beatings come his way. He had, he had to have more, more trials and tribulations in front of the public for him to emerge as the tribal chief. He could not have been the tribal chief three years ago. Nobody would accept him as that. The character would not have worked. The character didn't have the burden of moving an industry forward even after all he had been through. And, and, and once he had that seasoning, that weathering of Roman Reigns, he was ready to bring forth the tribal chief. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just an understanding that you're going to get your ass kicked in life miserably. And if you let it make you miserable, that's when you truly lose. So how do you get into the business? Any way you can. Offer something that you think is so unique, so different, so exclusive to you that other people want to exploit that. Exploit the the unique characteristic that you bring to the table that no one else can bring. And if other people can, they can't bring it at your level. And if that doesn't get you in the door, figure something else out. But get in. Just don't take don't take no for an answer. Don't 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 look at a no as a rejection from which you can never overcome. It's just a do you have to pay. It's just it, listen. It's 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 again going back to performing, and and to become a Paul Heyman guy, or for me to work with somebody to where we can achieve what I've achieved with Roman or with Brock. When we look at a segment on television and I say, Brock, let's do this. And he goes, oh, God, no, that's terrible. Hey, I'm being shot down. I don't sit there and go, oh, I don't take it personally. That's the vulnerability that is is needed. Again, when I say we're going to have an intimate relationship here, we're going to tell each other that idea sucks. I can't tell you how many days I pitched to Roman or to Brock or to Vince and go, oh, God, Paul, that sucks. Okay, great. How about this? And, and, and I offer the same thing. I give Brock Lesnar more honesty than any human on this planet should ever give Brock Lesnar uh, or should dare give Brock Lesnar. I, I will tell Roman Reigns straight up, I don't like that. I don't think you should do that. I don't think you should think that way. And I'll say it to Vince and at times when Vince is very accepting of that honesty, we end up with a much better product because it doesn't pass the litmus test of run it by Heyman. Um, and, and when Vince is unaccepting of it is, is, when we, is when we don't get along because I'm giving him the honest feedback of concerns that should be assuaged on behalf of the audience. So it's just, it's the same thing about breaking into the business. You, 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 you can't take the rejection personal. It's, it's not personal. It's, it's just an unwillingness to exploit what you have to offer at that very moment. So offer something else. All right, Paul. Um, man, that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. But I, I just want to change course just a little bit. This Sunday, Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Uh, a match we've been wanting to see for a long time between those two. 
But I think another reason a lot of people have been wanting to see this match for a long time is uh, your relationship with MVP, who came back two years ago at the Royal Rumble uh, while you were executive director of Raw. And um, I think a lot of people kind of see the parallels between Bobby and MVP and yourself and Brock Lesnar. Um, the relationship you and MVP have is, is, is well-documented. Um, he's a guy I've known for a long time. But just from your own words... Um, what have you seen in the growth of MVP as, uh, I don't want to call him an advocate or anything like that, but kind of following he's been, he's, you know, he's never had hit any bones about how much he's been inspired by you and how much you've worked with him, but what have you seen in him and has, and has how he's grown in the second act of his WWE career, uh, being, you know, uh, the backup or the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley in the hurt business. Well, I, I'm, I'm very proud of him as a human being. Because you talk about someone that 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 didn't let his own past drag him down, um, you know that that came out of a situation and said, "Okay, how do I turn my life around? Uh, how how do I live out my dreams, even though I, I have this blemish on me that I'm never going to be able to shake? How can I rise above this?" Um, MVP called me when I was executive director of Raw, and he said. The Rumble's in Houston. Um, you know, I have a son. My son never saw me as MVP. Could, could you get me in the Rumble? And, and I know how talented he is. And I think that life had beaten him down so bad. And he was trying to stay positive and stay inspiring to his son. But I think he forgot just the greatness that he had to offer. And I said to him, I'll make you a deal. I'll get you in the rumble if, if, if you work raw the next night. Who do you like? Who do you want to work with? Just tell me somebody. He goes, I'd love to work with Mysterio. Okay, work with Rey Mysterio. I'll, I'll make that match happen. But I, I, want, I want a match at you. Not just an appearance in the rumble. Would you like your son to see you work with Rey Mysterio? Oh, can you work with Rey Mysterio? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm doing jujitsu. I'm a black belt. I'm doing, okay. Um, do that match. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, with, without him knowing, I, I went to all the uh, appropriate parties and through protocol, and and, and that includes Vince, obviously, because that, that that that's the autonomy that that that's that's the final say. And I pitched him to be a producer who brings his gear with him on the road, so that if for some reason somebody misses a plane or Flights canceled, or, or 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 you know, somebody gets sick or they're injured, and we need a replacement. Hey, we got this legacy star, former U.S. Heavyweight Champion MVP, balling, and he can perform. We can we can plug him into a match, and he's there, and he's a producer, and people are learning from his experience. Great, let's do that. Oh, by the way, we should make him a commentator too. You know, the guy can really talk, and he can help can help us with all the young talent that, that, that we're promoting right now on Raw. All right, let's, let's do that. And then I'm, as I was doing the Bobby Lashley, Lana, Rusev triangle, I said, you know what? Lashley ultimately should end up with MVP. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, great. So by the time he showed up at the Rumble, I had pitched him and gotten him hired for four jobs. <laughs> he, was, he was wrestling. He was managing. He was commentating. And he was a producer because my theory was 
he may not last in three of them, but there's no way they're going to get rid of him on all four. <laughs> and I had no idea which one he was going to end up keeping. If you had told me he's going to end up as a commentator, great. As a producer, great. As a wrestler, great. As a mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley, great. I knew he'd end up with at least one, if not more of those, but at least one. And I knew he could concentrate on that one and excel at it. Because he turned to me one day, he goes, man, how many jobs did you pitch me for? Four. Four <laughs> jobs. Yeah. How can I do all four of them? You won't, but we're going to weed it out. But let's see which one you, you, let's say which one you excel in. And that's the one that we go with. Um, I also knew that Brock's time was winding down, that he was going to go home for a while. And that the lead mouthpiece position was going to be opened up. So I brought him in to replace me. I brought him in as my successor. I, I, I brought him in to carry that role on because there were a few people that were helping um, someone do a promo, but they weren't doing the role of the old, you know, the old school manager, the new school advocate. Um, and they weren't being tied to a persona that you could you couldn't imagine those two being apart. And I knew that Lashley and MVP had such synergy and such chemistry that putting them together, you wouldn't you couldn't imagine Bobby Lashley without MVP or MVP without Bobby Lashley. So I knew that dynamic would be such forget about being gold, it would be platinum. Um, it would be it would be such box office that they would just gel together and become uh, a an act as one. So that that's the real successor to the evolution of where managers had gone. That you'd be with you'd be with an act and so identified with that act that you, you complete it. And it's not the same without you. Uh, and and again, since I knew Brock was going to take time off, um, I MVP was 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 the heir apparent to to carrying on that role in the lead position in this industry. Speaking, I feel like we've spoken about so many people you worked with, um, but and forgive me if you've answered this question before, but I I, I couldn't find it when I was looking it up. Um, one of the biggest stories outside of WWE was the return of CM Punk to professional wrestling. And you guys together have been, you know, one of the most uh, important acts, I would say, of the past decade plus. And um, just seeing him kind of like get his, I guess, vigor back for, you know, what it is that he does. Um, I would just love to know your your point of view. Have you watched him? Have you spoken to him since he's come back like and and what's your relationship like now i know it's probably a lot different than it was you know back when you were working together but just uh seeing him come back and seeing how how close you two were tied together especially at his real professional height um what is it that you see from him now that um you know you probably haven't seen in uh several years i don't know if what he's doing now is where he should be judged i think what will be interesting is what happens when the novelty that he's back wears off, both for the audience and for him. I'm sure for him, this is still like, I, 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 I can't believe I'm back. I, wow, 
I, I'm actually walking into an arena. Holy, you know, it, it's, I'm, 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 I think it's still very fresh for him. Um, what happens a year from now? How's he going to feel? How will the audience look at him and accept him in a year? If he can continue to drive himself to being a progressive, compelling, riveting character on the cutting edge that presents himself in a different manner than anybody else can present himself or herself, then he's going to be a fascinating character to watch. And if he can't, then he's going to be someone that came back, rode a wave of nostalgia, but didn't progress into the future when he, as a rebel, was always looking forward in the business and never trying to live off what the business had already accomplished or what he had already accomplished in the business. So the fascinating thing to, for me to watch is his mindset, is his vision for that character, for that persona, for himself as a performer a year from now. We're, we're still in the honeymoon period. But where does he want to take this guy? Where, 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 where does Phil Brooks want to take CM Punk? It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same conversation I had with Roman Reigns before we debuted in public together. Uh, it's again, it's, it was taking the big dog and moving him into the role of the tribal chief. Everything that you've done only leads up to now. It, it, that, 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 that was just the appetizer. And, and, and now, now you're going to be the main course. Despite the, you know, I told Roman, I said, you, you've had four WrestleMania main events. And you have to look at that as just the audition to be the tribal chief. It, 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 it's just the lead up to it. Because everything that you've done before now is just the lead up to the moment you emerge as the tribal chief. This is where your legacy gets crafted. This is your Hall of Fame run. This is what you will be remembered for. And everything before was just getting you here, including four WrestleMania main events. For Phil Brooks, that's the same thing. Everything that he accomplished, and he accomplished a lot, he overcompensated in his life from, 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 from the moment he broke into this industry. And everything for him that led up till a year from now, including his return and the enormous reaction to his return, um, is just the lead up. Where does he take the CM Punk character in 2023, 2024, 2025? And can he make that character so progressive, so revolutionary, so evolutionary, so riveting, so compelling, so different and unique than anybody else that's out there that he truly defines himself 
as a transformative figure, a true disruptor in the professional wrestling slash sports entertainment game. That's the interesting part to me. What he's doing now, no matter how hard he's working, is he's just riding that wave of momentum. But momentum ultimately stops, and then you have to create a next wave of momentum or you have to create a completely different level of interest based on how far that momentum pushed you in front of the in front of the audience and into their hearts and their souls and their spirits and their consciousness. That's the interesting part for me to watch. We're still a year away from it. One more question and we'll let you get out of here, Paul. Uh, as mentioned, Saturday is the Royal Rumble live uh, on Peacock from the Dome at America Center, St. Louis, Missouri. I think I got all that in. You know, a lot of people in these interviews ask you who's going to win, but uh, it might surprise you to know that um, I'm not too worried about that part right now. I'd we'll, 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 like to see where the chips fall, and, and we can talk about it after. But I want to know, because we're talking a lot about, you know, what you get to do, like what your real-life role is with some of these dudes. What is your Saturday going to look like? When do you get <laughs> up? When do, when do you show up at the arena? What 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 is your, before before Paul Heyman comes out and introduces Brock Lesnar, what is Paul Heyman's day like? Uh, my Saturday already started earlier this week. <laughs> I've been living Saturday since uh, since we started discussing what we're going to do tonight on Raw just a couple days ago. Uh, because it, it all ties in together. Uh, doing this media appearance ties into Saturday. Um, it, it ties into my mindset for Saturday. Lis listening to, to all opinions. Listening to someone say, doesn't matter who wins, doesn't matter who loses. I'm interested in seeing the match. Hey, Lesnar needs to win. Hey, can you imagine if Lashley wins? Where do they go from there? Uh, understanding what Roman Reigns' role is on the show. Understanding um, how the winner of the of the Men's Royal Rumble affects the mindset of the, the Lesnar-Lashley match. Understanding that after this, it's, it's, it's in very short order, a trip to Saudi Arabia and coming back from Saudi Arabia we are in full-blown WrestleMania season. How everything that we do now affects what we'll be doing at WrestleMania. How everything that we do on this show is the lead-in to WrestleMania, but has to be satisfying to the audience so that it's all-encompassing, a self-included, an all-inclusive show that in history's hindsight ends up being what propels us to WrestleMania, but doesn't feel like just a supporting role, that the Royal Rumble itself would be worth five times the money that, that, that you pay to see it. But in history's hindsight, wow, that got me to mania. Um, so my Saturday started a few days ago already. And what will my Saturday be like? And my Saturday will be like, when we wake up in the morning, whatever it takes to drive the best story, the best performance, the best performance of that. Hey, you know, again, if you look, I think one of my favorite matches of all time was Brock versus Goldberg when, when Goldberg returned and Goldberg squashed Brock in 90 seconds. But if you watch that match, micro moment by micro moment, perfect. Every single solitary thing about that 90 second match just perfect to me. Everything is just fantastic. And if it had gone two seconds longer, it wouldn't have been as perfect. Um, and then again, I, I, I've seen Brock in 
in in twenty five minute matches. His his match at at, at WrestleMania thirty one against Roman Reigns. Uh, my God, what 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 a what a classic display of of athleticism between two D one athletes. Um, and and then the surprise ending of Seth Rollins running down and cashing in Money in the Bank again twenty five minutes of greatness. Whether it's greatness in ninety seconds or greatness in 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 ninety minutes. Um, as long as everything that I'm doing contributes to the single best performance that we can deliver as a unit. And whether that's my introduction of Brock or Brock's athletic performance, all things combined, a promo earlier in the show, an appearance by Brock earlier in the show of, of just doing, you know, the, you know, the walk from the locker room to gorilla, whatever it is that we do it past our own limitations and we do it better than better than we could have done the day before. That's what my Saturday will be. It will be uh, just a, a continued push of how can we make this better? How can we make this memorable? What can we do to make this an even better performance than we've been envisioning all the way up to this moment? Like I, I'm envisioning the match now. I'm hoping tomorrow that I look at this vision and go, wow, that was that fell short of how I see it today. And I hope on Friday, I look at Thursday's vision and go, oh, how much better today's vision is than yesterday's. And I hope we peak on Saturday to the best vision that we can offer. And we give something memorable for people to look back on and say, man, I'm so happy. I got to witness that live. That's what my Saturday is. A pursuit of greatness, a pursuit of, 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 of a memorable moment, a memorable match, a memorable performance. It's just the pursuit. It's the chase. It's, it's, it's the chase after the, the height of our ability to present something better than anybody else or any other duo or any other match could possibly do under those circumstances in this situation on this day in history. The pursuit of greatness. I mean, what, what, what more needs to be said? Kaz shaking his head. That's, that's the sensei, man. Like when Paul talks, just shut up and listen and, and try and grab a few gems that falls out the tree, man. Paul Heyman, thank you so much for joining us on the mass man show with Kaz. This is incredible talk. Can't wait to see you guys on Saturday. Only on Peacock, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Can't wait to see it. The road to WrestleMania begins this Saturday. Paul, great having you, man. Thank you so much. Gentlemen, I thank you both. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus. View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Well, that was awesome. Um, listen, up top, we talked about, I mean, the first question I asked you is who's the most influential man in wrestling. And you said it too, that, you know, he's, his, his work has influenced a generation you know when he was running raw and got fired 
I think, you know, I, I, that was significant. I, I think that people might underrate his the amount of like like literal direct influence that he has day to day in WWE now because they think, you know, he lost a job, whatever. He's just hanging around with Brock. I mean, first of all, he's got the ear of the two biggest stars in the company, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and is functionally works with them in a, in a you know, hand in glove sort of way. But he's also, I mean, he's he does a lot. It's it his work is not limited to those two guys. He's he's very, I mean, from Vince on down, Paul Heyman is is uh invested in everybody's, you know, everybody's work and he's a part of it. So uh I th- I can't wait to tell the Paul Heyman story someday. Anyway, we gotta talk about the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, let's get it. We got our we got our picks in yesterday, tweeted it out. No time no changes, no do-overs. Um <laughs> As much but, as I wanted to change him after this conversation. No well, as much as I, I, I wanted to do a change about an hour after we put him in, and we can talk about that too. But let's just run down the sheet. Uh, let's do if, it. You haven't, if you haven't seen him, check your Twitter feed. You can get him there, but we're going to talk about him right now. Um, what do you, what, let's just start at the very top. Yeah, let's um, go to the very top. Brock, Le- well, this is all going to get tied together really quickly. Actually, you know what? Let's not stop at the top, start at the top. I want to do this a different way. We're going to eliminate, we're going to eliminate two of them right off the top. Number yeah. one, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. The only unanimous selection on the Ringer Wrestling Show draft board. Everybody from Mac Mania, from Cheap Heat, and from the Mass Man Show, including our producers, all picked Becky Lynch to win. Um, seeing those, seeing that as a unanimous decision made me almost change to Dewdrop. Yeah. <laughs> Just almost change to Dewdrop because I thought... You know, why not give us a surprise? Why you can always, not? You can always get to the same. We always say it, you can always get to the same place, no matter who wins, right? So, like, well, maybe, maybe Dewdrop wins and flops, flips it back at the elimination chamber, maybe. But we all agreed on that. The other one that doesn't have as many ripple effects um, for the rest of WrestleMania or whatever happens between now and then is Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Um, who did you pick for that one? I had uh, Ms. Maurice. I think Ms. Maurice wins that one. Um, you know, they're just schmucks. So, like, no matter how bad you make them look on TV, they just figure, like, the type of people that will figure out a way to win. So, mm-hmm. um, and Edge got the got the drop on them the first time. So, I feel like Ms. is old one. Uh, so, I got Ms. Maurice on that. So, I had fantasy booked. I mean, there's really... I, I'm using fantasy booked incorrectly. I had presumed... I don't know there's much of a difference. My brain is so addled by wrestling. Then the things I think WWE might do is basically fantasy booking. Not a lot of distinction there, unless like Doink the Clown is involved. Um, I had presumed that we were going to this intergender tag team match, that this was going to be a WrestleMania match. Because they do these things, you know, intergender tag matches at WrestleMania. They've done them in the past. It's usually a nice spot for, for you know, to, to get some name recognition in the ring. Um I don't know if we should be expecting that we're going to go for an Edge Miz singles match now at WrestleMania. That could totally make sense. And that's, you know, two really big names, a great way to use them. It'll be interesting to see if that's the way they go. I picked Miz and Maurice also, but if we are angling towards a singles match or whatever else, um, I I don't, this is one of those where it really doesn't matter who wins. It really doesn't. I mean, at all. Um, Yeah, it just seems like the match with the least sort of consequences is just... You know, a little bit of shit talk between married couples. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know how much that affects WrestleMania. I don't know if that affects any sort of title picture of any of those guys um, 
between Miz Edge or Maurice and Beth Phoenix enter any of the Rumble matches and maybe it gets continued through there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's something in there, but uh, yeah, you're right. Like I was the same way. I thought this was going to go to WrestleMania. We're getting at the Rumble. So um, yeah, that's the reason why we're just going to breeze past this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, it, we'll, 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 Await the results of that to see what happens. Uh, if they're not going to be going, if, if if this is the end of it, I might might have switched my pick. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of options for both these guys moving forward, and maybe we'll see some of that on Saturday. Um, all right, so now to the stuff that's a little bit more uh, interactive, right? Um, we can start with the women's rumble only because in a lot of our conversations, the Lesnar-Lashley match, the Reigns-Rollins match, and the Men's Rumble are all si- sort of handcuffed, right? Um, so who do you have for your winner of the Women's Rumble? So I have Lita. Um, I have Lita yeah. as the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, I feel like they, they don't bring in somebody that big of a talent for nothing. And I get the feeling that we're going to end up with Becky versus Bianca at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So I don't think we necessarily need to have Bianca go back-to-back to to win that to get that opportunity um but you know we haven't seen Lita in a while and it just kind of makes the most sense if yeah. we're gonna get you know uh you know we're, we're you know props to the women's revolution we're, we're at a point where now we got like women's legacy matches we don't really have a whole lot of those I mean we may have we had Trish Stratus and Sasha Banks for a little bit but like now we're at the point where we have like legitimate female women legends going up against women at the the you know the top of their prime this is Cena Rock for women, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. If you're if you're gonna go Charlotte Flair versus Lita, so uh, I think Lita's the way to go here. I think she's the winner. I had Lita penciled in at some point. Uh, I got to tell you, for, across the 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 Ringer Wrestling Show, a lot of different picks here. Um, Evan Mac is predicting a Bailey return. Um, mm-hmm. Flobo has Rhea Ripley. A lot of votes for uh, Bianca Belair, unsurprisingly. Um, Rosenberg's got a returning Sasha Banks and Dipperstein and myself both have Ronda Rousey. Now we can talk about this whole thing. First of all, if multiple, you know, the surprises are one thing, but if multiple returns or they, if they have the ability to do multiple returns in one match, I mean, just imagine if like Asuka comes out at 26 and you're, and everyone's just like, holy shit, we haven't seen her in a while. And that's the surprise. And then it's like, Bailey at 27, Sasha at 28, you know? Uh, um, and then, of course, you know. Bad reputation you, hits in that stadium. Yeah. Woo! That's a, that's, uh, a, that's a banger of an entrance, music, entrance song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't think this counts as a spoiler at all, but you get the sort of feeling from talking to people in and around WWE that like their confident Sunday or Saturday is going to be Big. legit. And I don't yep. mean that as a, as an allusion to Sasha Banks. Like there, like there is a, there is a steadfast, like, Oh, this is going to be a banger night sort of mm-hmm. thing vibe coming out of WWE. And they kind of lull you to sleep with that. Right. Like they kind of let you think like, all right, things are kind of going. Yeah. And you haven't heard. I mean, we had Lita come back and you had Mickey James announcement and Summer Rae announcement. Then they're kind of lulling you to sleep with these names. So mm-hmm. it seemed, you know, I was with you. I was ready to, you know, switch to Ronda Rousey for a while. I mean, back, back yeah. when I was there, like we were already sort of game planning the eventual Ronda Rousey return after she took some time off at the WrestleMania. So, I mean, it would not surprise me. If she didn't only just return, but one. If it's like, 
you know, if this were going to be a surprise winner, you know, if they were go- if this was going to be a, a younger wrestler or if it was just going to be sort of a more conventional, like, returning star, I don't know. I feel like, like, WWE has, this is pure conjecture, but if, if Rousey's not in it, I feel like WWE has the returns of Sasha, Asuka, whoever, like, in ink, but they might not have decided who's going to win for sure yet because, as I say a million times, it doesn't really matter who wins, you know? But I feel like if they know who's going to win, if you can say with confidence this is going to be a hell of a women's rumble, then to me, what you're winking at is something that is that is that is in ink, and that and the only thing that's like really truly in ink would like that every the people would be kind of whispering about to me would be something like a Rousey return. Now who knows? Uh, there's definitely rumors out there, and and you know we'll be excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm going to be stoked either way. It's going to be, that's going to be a hell of a match. Uh, and it's, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be nice to see now, you know, the, the, the le- quote unquote legends that are coming back, I think actually introduce a really nice, going to really a nice element into it because sure. There are a lot of like active wrestlers, both on the roster and released in the past year that we would like to see in those spots. But the story that WWE is going to be able to tell with all the legends and also to sort of have all all but a couple of them clear out when it's time to tell the real story. I think it lends itself to a to a more exciting bell to bell. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and and you mentioned something about you know recently released stars. Like it wouldn't surprise me if some people did make returns. Like a name I'm I'm thinking in the back of my head. I'm like, man, you know who's been really quiet after being released? Nia Jax. Nia Jax seems like something where you know maybe. You know, she gets a Samoa Joe situation where she got let go, but kind of brought back under the radar or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But you said it. This Royal Rumble is so fun because we get to speculate. We don't know what's going to happen. And more so now than in years past, there's so much up in the air that it really could be anybody who wins. So this is this is going to be really fun. I I believe that talent releases are sort of a third rail that they're probably not going to do like a nexus angle with like a with like release <laughs> talent coming back yeah. unless it's everybody you know <laughs> i don't think they're going to like kind of play fast and loose or you know kind of make light of other people's personal drama but my god if like Nia Jax came back in the old like Andre the Giant machine mask, you know, and just like <laughs> pretended that she was somebody else. Give her the that Vader be, elephant, elephant helmet or something. That, like that would be the, I mean, no, just have her wrestle in a mask. Like do the whole thing, just pretend she's somebody else and have Michael Cole just like totally no sell it, you know, just like this is a new wrestler that we, that John Laurinaitis <laughs> has just signed, you know. <laughs> that would get, the, uh, the reaction would That'll be, be unbelievable. Okay, let's move on to the mid side because we got to keep trucking here. It's um so we have Lashley versus Lesnar uh for the wait the world championship, right? Yes, yeah, for the Reigns WWE versus title, Rollins yeah. for the Universal Championship or for the WWE Championship and then Reigns versus Rollins for the for the Universal Championship and then we can talk about the Men's Rumble because you know it could be somebody totally separate. Um let's start with the Men's Rumble. What who, who do you have there? Ooh, I threw a wild card out here. Uh for the same reasons that I have no idea who's going to win. And this year seems like a, as good a year as any to make a guy. I don't think anybody in the WWE has been hotter than Montez Ford right now. And, you know, yeah. if, if we're talking about, you know, and I read between the lines a lot of stuff. Right? Montez is always doing press. He's always in the commercials. His wife is the star, you know what I mean, who was already yep. run a Royal Rumble. 
He's athletic as hell. He's getting talked up in, in the same circles as some of the greats or whatever. And it's been a long time. I mean, outside of the Drew McIntyre win, which you can say he was already kind of a, an established dude, but, you know, it's been a long time since a Royal Rumble just made a guy, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, why not Montez Ford? Like, why Seth, not just, you know, I mean, Seth maybe, you know what I mean? No, no. But like, no, Seth Rollins was talking about that in an interview today. That, I mean, he, that, that he, wanted a, he wanted them to make somebody at the Rumble. Make a guy, and, man. And, and, that's why, and that's why I picked... Uh, Champa, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I had seen NXT before I had to make my picks because it seems like he's sort of got other business to take care of. Yes, but if they go, if but if they if they're gonna make somebody, I mean, I think yours is a really good pick. I mean, and my idea was just like, let's just have Brock and Roman, whatever happens, take care of business, you know, in the main event, and for the men's rumble, let's just give you know, the wrestling dweebs, what they want, you know, just <laughs> really shock them. You yep. know, really, we know he dyed his beard. He's, he's, we, we know he's going to stick around for a bit. He's auditioning for the active roster. Now that would just like, you know, stun people that would get everybody talking in a really cool way. Now, are they going to do it? They're not going to do it. Probably not. But I, if I was you, my make a guy pick probably could have been like Austin theory. Also another guy who's been getting a lot of run, I had Austin Theory on my list. Seth suggested um, Finn Balor. I don't think that burying him was like part of the plan. Burying him, having him lose to Theory, et cetera, <laughs> was part of the plan to 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 get him amped up for the you know set for the Rumble. But who knows? You know, I mean, Drew was a little bit of a surprise when that right not the day of the Rumble, but leading up to the Rumble. You know that that no one could have fully expected that. Again, the Ring of Wrestling show feeds. Uh, votes here are mixed. We got uh, just an absurd number of votes for AJ Styles. Everybody yes. on Mac Mania for some reason picked AJ Styles. Which, full um, disclosure, I had first before I, I I switched over to Montez Ford as well. Yeah. Stack Guy Greg has Big E. That was where I was at first because I just wanted to make sure Big E got picked. And then, you know, I I started talking myself out of it. Uh, Dipper Scene has Kevin Owens. I like the idea of an established big name person who is a little bit of a surprise being there and KO could have a lot of could be a lot of fun in that role and then rosenberg goes with lashley our babyface producer kerm picked uh picked brock lesnar now that to me is you know what i really want to talk about because there's a lot of speculation obviously justifiable that something's going to happen like either Lesnar or Reigns loses their match due to interference or whatever, and then enters themselves in the Rumble to get back at that person at WrestleMania, right? You can imagine Reigns costs Lesnar his match against Lashley. Ooh, I think Les well, I think regardless, opposite, yeah. Lesnar enters the Rumble and then, and then you know, challenges Reigns, because that would make sense because Lesnar's sort of the baby here. But, but yeah, it could go either way. You could have Lesnar costing Reigns his win, and then those two feud over Lesnar's title at WrestleMania. It could go either way, obviously, and that's a sort of basic storyline that a lot of people are predicting. Oh no, I um, see it. I see it as a possibility of Lesnar beating Lashley and then winning the Rumble, saying like, "Now Roman, you can't avoid me." Now you yeah. know, like we we sprinkled in the fact that we want title. Wait, say that. Title. Do say that again. Lashley, what? So no, I mean, Lesnar beats Lashley. Yeah, and then enters the Royal Rumble at yes. entrant number thirty. As the WWE champion and yeah. says, hey, now you can't avoid me, Roman. I want all the gold. So, I mean, I think that's a possibility as well. Yep, absolutely. So I have this. I was actually texting with Dip last night. And I said, you know, if it's going to be Roman and Brock, 
like title versus title or 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 not. I would say have not not only do that, have them both win their matches, right? If if we're cruising towards a title versus title match, and and Paul Heyman did mention that possibility in our interview with him, if we're cruising towards title versus title at Mania, and that's going to headline night two. Don't just have Lesnar come in and do it. Have them both enter the Rumble to specifically to challenge the other dude. Like, have this be just a, like, they're both looking for this match, right? And then just have Reigns and Roman be the, I mean, sorry, Reigns and Lesnar be the last two in the Rumble. And for the first time ever, the Rumble ends with a non-decision. Just have them staring each other down and they're both just like, they point at the WrestleMania sign and that's the end of the Royal Rumble. You know, just have it be like, if if that's what, if if instead of having one of them do it, have them both do it. Like how much, how big would that feel if they're both going after it? Now, I should say my other fantasy booking suggestion was the total opposite in terms of wins and losses, which was, I know that this is not a WWE way of thinking. I know that Vince, you know, whatever, you know, always, you always got to put the belts or the belt or belts on the biggest match. I know that's your thinking, but you know, if I was going to fantasy book a little bit, I might have Lesnar and Reigns both cost each other their matches, right? They each interfere in each other's matches. Both of them lose. Then you can have Seth versus Lashley title versus title at WrestleMania and also Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So you have a title versus title, the biggest match possible, and separately, the other biggest match possible in a one-on-one non-title match. These are both crazy things to do, given. And if if that plan is true, I don't know what you do with the Rumble, and I don't know how my pick for Ciampa fits into either of these plans. <laughs> but it's fun, Dave, okay? It's a fun pick, and that's all that matters. Do you have any crazy, wild speculation or theories or whatever else you want to throw out here? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, outside of my predictions, I, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Seth Rollins leaves at the Universal title. Um, I think he's starting to catch a wave again that's making him maybe the top babyface. I know I've said this on past shows. Uh, but I don't know, man. I think that's what makes the Royal Rumble so fun and why it's my favorite pay-per-view every year because it's the one event, well, premium live event it's the one premium live event of the year that uh you know there's truly anything could happen you know and even if it doesn't affect the long-term booking it's such a fan service event like let's do something fun you know what i mean so uh i I don't know man i can't wait for it I, i don't have nothing crazy but i'm just ready i'm ready for it let's get it i got one more addition to my fantasy booking and then i'm just gonna stop talking this is what i was this i texted this to dip he can back it up Roman and Lesnar both lose. Seth and Lashley both win. And then have Seth enter the Rumble even after he won to challenge Lashley for WrestleMania. So like, so then Seth comes out of this the biggest baby face in the world, right? That he gets to have like the the Rumble win even though it's unnecessary. That goes to what you're saying. Um, Anyway, we got to get out of here. We've been going on forever. Uh, We had an incredible conversation with Heyman. This Saturday night is uh, is the Royal Rumble. Some number of us from the Ringer Wrestling Show will be on Green Room afterwards. Uh, but except for that, uh, I guess Kaz and I will see you back here on our usual time slot next week. You want to get your plugs in, bud? Say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie coming back soon. I'm GPM with self, myself, Monica McNaughton, MSG Networks. And uh, that's, all, that's all I got. <laughs> All right, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. Pay attention to this whole feed. It's freaking awesome. Uh, And enjoy the Royal Rumble. We'll see you afterwards on Green Room. Thanks, as always, to our babyface producer, John Kerma. Welcome back, John Moxley. 
Yeah, we're happy to have you back, John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.